Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, a senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Awesome. Come on, let's give God some praise. So good. You are looking good. I want you to turn the person next to you. Go, damn, you're looking good tonight. All your husbands, that was your chance. And you can grab your seats. How cool. I've never got to preach out of a boxing ring before, <laughs> which is fantastic. Hey guys, we're going to have a great day tomorrow. Uh, they've already said it, but hey, look, I'm really excited. I believe God is going to move. Hey, get on the phone, get on the text, whatever you need to do. Uh, get your friends here, get your boss here. Who knows, you may get a pay rise if he comes and uh, meets the Lord in Jesus' name. Hey, my name is Eli, Pastor Jared. I uh, did such a great intro already and I just want to say thank you to Pastor Jared and the, the vision team and everyone just really entrusting uh, what God has put on this house. I'm trusting my wife, my team, uh, my kids as well to go and carry the message of God. Come on, hope, good news to Melbourne. Um, and I do want to tell you this from the onset, God is on the move. Come on, take a look around, look around this room. God is not dead. Come on, God is not boring. I'm sorry, sometimes preachers are boring, but God is not boring. Come on, God is on the move. And it's great to see, come on, all ages, church is not just full of, you know, um, Grandma Betty. Sorry if your name is Betty here. We so love that you're here, but I love seeing, come on, young people in the house of God, full of passion, full of life. And uh, God is on the move in Melbourne. And God is doing amazing things there. And we're super excited. Uh, my wife and the team, uh, well, my wife is missing me. The kids are missing me. I uh, told my team that I'm going to Perth. And they're like, oh, does that mean your wife's preaching? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, got super excited. And I was like, why are you excited? Because um, they love my wife, which is always the way more than they love me. Uh, she did a, such a fantastic job last time. But if you are uh, new here, I always like to say this um, in our church, if you're here, uh, maybe tonight, maybe in a room this size, I know there's people here for the first time and you're thinking, hey, uh, I don't fully understand everything that's going on. And um, I just want to say, first of all, hey, I may say things tonight that may challenge some of your thinking, may challenge some of your ideologies. And I just want to say, it's okay. And I'm glad that you are here. I'm glad that you are here tonight. You are welcome. But what I will tell you, as a man of God, as someone entrusted with this microphone and the position I have, I will do my best to represent what I know of God the best through His Word. Come on, because this is a church. And I'm not trying to sell you anything or convince you anything, but I will uh, promise you uh, tonight that I will do my best to represent the Word of God well. And uh, also tonight, if you're like, hey, uh, that preaching was foolish, that was silly. Um, that's cool, just don't tell me, just look like it was great and make me feel better. Uh, I'm not insecure or anything. Um, but the funny thing is, Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament himself, he said, you know what? This understanding of God would not be by human wisdom, but he says these words, it will be by the foolishness of preaching. So my prayer tonight is that even with no matter what you think, that I say or you don't agree with, that something will resonate. Come on, something will pass through your natural ears, something will pass through your physical ears and touch you, what we call in our heart and the supernatural inside of you. And my prayer for you is that you will leave this place different than the way that you came in. And if there's nothing else that you agree with tonight, hey, 
let me just, just do this one thing for me. Would you pray the prayer that I prayed as a 21-year-old when I walked into this building for the first time? I said these words. Are you ready? If you don't remember anything, these words, this prayer is a great prayer to pray. It's also a dangerous prayer to pray. But I prayed to this to God. I said, God, if you're real, show me something that will make me believe. Hey, if you go home tonight, you don't believe anything. If you say this prayer, God, show me something that will help me believe in you. Hey, would you do that? And I believe God will speak to you in a mighty way. Is that cool? Awesome. <laughs> I've got my little cheer squad at the front here. I'm just gonna look at you guys. Fantastic. Good looking, good looking boys there. Hey, um, have, I just wanna ask you a question. Have you, you know, I, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but isn't it the most stressful thing when you leave things to the last minute? Yeah. I don't know about you, like maybe, maybe you know someone just looks straight ahead. It's like they're always even leaving things to the last minute. It can be very stressful, but it can also be really exciting when things come through in a good way on the last minute. It's like, man, nothing's looking good. And all of a sudden, you know, the buzzer beater, you know, coming through at the last minute. And isn't it good that when someone, maybe, maybe you don't even know what's happening, you know, maybe it's inconvenient. And you're like, man, what am I doing? What's happening? But then in the end, you know, something happens. You like look back and go, wow, that was actually right timing, right place. Actually, wow, that turned out really, really good. And, and in saying that, isn't it great when somebody comes through at the last minute? and saves the day. It's like, it's like, oh, whew, I'm so glad that you're here. If you weren't here, it would have turned out terrible. Well, I have a little bit of a story for you before I preach. And uh, many years ago, uh, we, we have two, two children, a four-year-old girl called Chloe and a two-year-old boy called Max. And, um, you know, my wife was about to give birth to Max. So we do this thing called a baby moon. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? It's like, okay, we're going to have two kids. You know, the next um, 18 years of our life is going to be very busy. Uh, so, hey, let's, let's enjoy this while we've just got one kid. Let's have a baby moon and we did what we call a staycation. Okay, so we went to Fraser's Suites or like, you know, this is close, anything happens, you know, we can drive home. We went to Fraser's Suites and we stayed there. Uh, Fatima was like eight and a half months pregnant and, um, you know, eight and a half months pregnant wife, you know, she likes particular things to eat. So she's like, I want some Pringles uh, and I want some water. I was like, yes, babe, of course, because I'm a good husband. And uh, at the bottom of Fraser Suites says the convenience store. So I went down to the convenience store. I went into the convenience store, bought some Pringles, some water. You know, I'm in my shorts, my singlet, you know, because I'm, you know, I'm having a, a honeymoon baby moon with my wife and I'm walking up and that was that. It's like, wow, awesome. Nothing, nothing particular happened. We had a great rest of the holiday, um, you know. But then when I got back to uh, church and someone came up to church, uh, me at church, and they said I could share this story because they no longer work for the company. But this person was actually uh, in charge of a very important position. They were in charge of an international crime squad um, and they were in charge of catching international criminals, okay? And she was in charge of this team. She was like the yes person of like, go, yeah, arrest that person, don't arrest that person. And what she was telling me that she said, you would not believe this. But when you were on your, your Fraser suite, we were actually staking out the Fraser suite because we were looking for a, a kingpin, an international drug dealer. And, and the description we had of him, he, was, he had muscles and he had tattoos. <laughs> Serious. So they had the SWAT car there, you know, the mask on, everything, machine guns, they're all waiting. And then they see this guy come down to the convenience store to buy some Pringles and some water and on the radio, like, yeah, we got him, this is him, this is it, we'll go, go. 10 years, 10 years in the making, we finally got him. Let's take a photo to confirm. So they take the photo of, of this person to confirm and here's the first photo that's gonna come up. 
I told you I was shielding my sin. And they sent the photo back and it crosses her table and she's panicking. She's like, oh, no, 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 you got the wrong person. This is my pastor. <laughs> and they're like, no, nah, no, nah, no way, no way. They were so eager to make, her, make an arrest. They're like, no, nah, no, nah, it's definitely him. Let's just grab him, let's interrogate him. She's like, no, it's, it's, it's my pastor. And she's like, his name's Eli McGregor. And so they searched Eli McGregor and they, they came out with this photo. <laughs> I can't believe I'm showing you. But this is the official crime photo they had of me. I don't know, I've never been in the crime, but that's the photo they had of me. And they're like, oh yeah, that's him. And you know what? I had no idea that my baby moon could have turned out way, way worse. My wife would have been like, where's my Pringles? Where's my water? And there I am, chained to some desk, getting interrogated by some international drug squad. The title of my message tonight is coming through clutch. For all your older people here, coming through clutch, it's like when you come through at the right time, at the right moment and win the day, coming through clutch. Lord, I just pray in these next few moments, may people just refocus on what I'm saying. And Lord, I pray, may you speak to people in Jesus' name, coming through clutch. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through a simple uh, a story, a retelling in the Bible. It's in the book of Mark. It's one of Jesus' disciples, Mark. And he's retelling this story, but it's a time where, you know, things could have turned out not so good, but at the right time, people were in the right place. Jesus was in the right place. And in fact, what could have turned out a lot worse turned into an amazing miracle. Come on. There was a saving of the day. Now this story I'm going to read to you is in all four of the Gospels. So you know when there's the same story in four Gospels, it's an important thing. I want you to read it uh, in your own time. But in the little background of what I'm about to read to you, this is right in the pinnacle of Jesus's ministry. Things are happening, things are buzzing, there's big crowds following Jesus wherever He goes. But right before this story, Jesus gets some bad news that His cousin, John the Baptist, is beheaded. So there's sad news, um, there's a lot of stuff going on. And then we hit this point in the story in Mark chapter 6, verse 30. Verse 30, it says this, the apostles, so Jesus' disciples, Jesus' crew, gathered around Jesus and reported to them all they had done and taught. And then because there were so many people were coming and going, they didn't even have a chance to eat. I love it how Mark puts us in there. It's like, this is how busy we were. We didn't even have time to have a stop and get some Pringles. <laughs> he said, come to me. And then Jesus said, um, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Come on, this sounds awesome. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. So they're busy, they've been working. Jesus has got some bad news. Come on, the disciples are coming back. You know, we've worked hard, we haven't eaten. And then Jesus is like, boys, you have done good. You've worked hard. You know what? It's time for a rest. And I can picture the boys. Yes, boss, thank you, boss. He's like, yeah, you know, let's jump on a boat. Let's go on the cruise. Come on, anyone say Maldives. Let's go, let's have, let's have a great time uh, of rest. So they jump on this boat. They're gonna have a rest. I need you to get this picture on your mind. Come on, we're about to get rewarded for all the hard work we are doing. Let's go on a vacation. But then in verse 33, it says this. But many who saw them leaving recognised them. And get this, it says, they ran on foot from all the towns to get there ahead of them. So they're on this boat. They're like, Jesus is there. Let's run around. Let's beat them to the other side. When Jesus saw the large crowd, He had compassion on them because they were like a sheep. They were like sheep without a shepherd. I'm going to come back to that. It's important. So He began teaching them many things. 
By this time, it was late in the day, so the disciples came to him and said, this, come on, this is a remote place. There's nothing here. It's already very late. Jesus, you should send these people away so they can get uh, to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. In other words, the disciples were saying to Jesus, come on, it's been good. <laughs> come on, I'm tired. Come on, we're out of time. There's, there's nothing left. We, we better send these people away, uh, you know, to get some food. Come on, Jesus, we're being, we're being good Christians here. Come on, we're being sensitive. We don't want them to be hungry. Come on, it's getting late. You know, everything's gonna be shut. It's Perth, five o'clock. You know, uh, make sure you get them to, <laughs> make sure you get them to the shops uh, uh, on time. And, you know, this is sort of the, the sentiment. I don't know about you, but if, have you ever been in that position where you feel like there's nothing left? Like I'm spent. Come on, I've worked hard, I've served the Lord, I've, I've done what the Lord has required of me, but I feel like I'm empty on the inside. Come on, I've reached the deadline and there's no more time left. This is it, this is the end of the line. Maybe, hey, you got the exam tomorrow and you haven't studied, there's no time left to do anything. Come on, the big event is coming tomorrow, the interview's tomorrow, but I'm hit the deadline, there's no more time left. And I don't know about you, but when I've got this in my mind, when I've got this tiredness in my mind, when my mind begins to get to this position, I do what these guys do. And I begin to formulate my exit strategy. <laughs> I begin to tell Jesus, come on, come on, it sounds good, but Jesus, this is what I'm gonna do to get out of this situation. Jesus, here is my solution to get out of this situation. We excuse ourselves, like the disciples said, hey, send them away, send them, send them somewhere else. We excuse ourselves from the responsibility of the journey. I know that's not you, you're very good Christians. That's me, it's like, okay, there's responsibility, it's heavy, I'm tired, I wanna excuse myself, I wanna palm this responsibility to someone else. Come on, they can, get some, they can get something to eat for themselves. It's not my problem. Can we be honest? I know it's not you, but I'll be honest. When we're having a hard time, it's hard to think about other people. Come on, when we're tired, it's hard to think about other people. But unlike Jesus, Jesus in this moment, fully man, fully God, just had a loss in the family, a good friend, a good family member. He was also tired, but it says this. It says he had compassion on them. I'm like, what? <laughs> Come on. I know you're Jesus. I know you're God, but he has compassion on them and he begins to teach them. He says they're like sheep without a shepherd. He feels for them, even in his tiredness. And in verse 37, he turns to his tired disciples who are coming up with an exit strategy and he says to them this, you give them something to eat. And then they said to him, that would take more than a year's wages. Are we going to spend that much money on bread and give it to them to eat? And then Jesus said, how many loaves do we have? He asked, go and see. When they found out, they said five and two fish. Come on, you gotta put yourself in their shoes. They're serving Jesus. They come back, boss, we've done good. We've done what you've asked us to do. They've seen great miracles. We're tired, we're going on a trip. Trip's been cut short. And then they say to Jesus, uh, this is the situation, this is what we should do. Come on, we're coming up with a good strategy here, like a good team. And then Jesus says to them, you give them something to eat. Now I've always read this verse through my filter. <laughs> like, come on, come on, Jesus, you're, you're Jesus. Like, that sounds kind of rude. Like, come on, like, 
you're the son of God. Like you can do all things and you're like, you're coming back with a statement like this. You give them something to eat. And that's how I, that's how I read it when I'm reading it. I don't know if anyone else reads it like that because that was my filter. That's how, I, how sometimes I see God. God is like frustrated. It's like He doesn't want to answer my prayers. Like you give them something to eat. But as I was reading this and I was thinking about it, you know, God is not saying it in that tone. He's saying to them, hey, you give them something to eat because he's saying this in encouragement. In other words, he's saying, you got this. <laughs> he's not saying, I don't have a solution, you figure it out. He's saying, you know what? You give them something to eat because you got this. He's saying, you got this because I'm also in this. He's saying, you got this because I am also in this. This is a word for somebody in this place. I wanna tell you, God is with you. God is with you. May these words pierce the sound of defeat where you're coming up with an exit strategy and may God's Word pierce you tonight and say, no, you got this. You haven't made a mistake. I haven't made a mistake. This isn't the end. Oh, how I've held on to those words for the last two years. Come on, moving three weeks before a lockdown to plant a church. I could very easily say, oh, I've made a mistake. Come on, the deadline is reached. But God has said to me, no, you have got this. Come on, I am with you. I am in this. In our natural strategy, things may look, not look good on the outside. Come on, we may not think, how, we may be thinking, how could this be done? Come on, doors are shut, but they're shutting. But God is saying, no, look for the doors that are open and look for the doors that are opening and step into them. So they come up with this exit strategy and this encouraging word that Jesus says to them, they, they, they begin to, to shift from, hey, send them away and, and let them sort it out. Their, their mind begins to shift from an exit strategy to what I like to call a natural strategy. <laughs> okay, cool, maybe we, maybe we can do this. And then they say this, this thing, they're like, oh, you know, it's gonna cost this much. Are we gonna spend this much on bread? Come on, it seems ludicrous. Like, okay, cool, maybe there is a way, but pff, you sure, Jesus? Like, that's a lot of cash. The funny thing is, I never saw this before, but they had the money. Because it doesn't say where we're gonna get this money from, that would be hard. They said, are we gonna spend this much money? So they had the money to do it, but it seemed like, hmm, that's a big spend to spend on this situation. Come on, they were just seeing with natural eyes. They had a natural strategy. Are we gonna spend this money? But see, sometimes it's not the financial issue that's the issue. Come on, sometimes it's not the financial resources why we feel we can't do something. Sometimes it's not the money where we find ourselves at the end, come on, at the deadline thinking, hey, I don't have the money, I don't have enough things to go forward in what God has asked me to do. Sometimes it's a mental resource. Come on, sometimes it's a physical resource. Come on, sometimes it's a spiritual resource. We are empty, we are, we are emotionally bankrupt and exhausted. It seems doable, but I say to myself, man, it seems like too much work. <laughs> like I can spend this money. Jesus, we got it. Like Judas has got the cash there, I'm pretty sure. He hasn't <laughs> stole it yet. But you know what? We got expenses. You sure you want to spend this sort of money? They couldn't, they couldn't, see past the natural strategy. And then Jesus says these words, He says, go and see. 
He says to them, go and see. What is it that you do have? Go and see. See, I realised when I was reading this and I realised in my time where, where God has sent me to Melbourne and I realised many times when I'm faced with this situation, sometimes God is not asking me to find a solution. He's not asking me to find or come up with a solution. God is asking me just to get moving. Hey, I don't wanna hear the solution. I just want you to go and see. And I've realised when, when I begin to go, there I begin to see God. When I begin to go, then I begin to see the God strategy. Sometimes we sit there waiting for the solution where God is just saying, hey, go. Go and see, step into it. And as you step into it, the solution will become clearer. And when you know what you have, come on, you begin to be specific with what you pray for. I don't know about you, this is, you know, I'm a pastor. Look, I can say this. Sometimes it feels like I'm praying and I don't know what to pray for. So like, Lord, I just pray for my family. You know, I pray for, you know, church. All this. Come on, it's nothing bad. That's a good prayer. Pray for Pastor Eli, he's really struggling. Um, <laughs> pray for his kids that they'll sleep, that daddy can have his bed back sometime soon. It would be great. <laughs> have an event. Um, you know, these are, all, these are all good prayers, but you know, unless we know what we got, it's hard to know what to pray for. Sometimes we need to see what the situation is before we know what to pray into. Sometimes when you begin to go, things begin to become clear. Oh, I see that. And we can pray into that. Oh, look, we're looking for this. Oh, I'm, I'm, okay, we need somebody. I need a haircut. Jesus, lead me to the right barber. Oh, Zach's barber. <laughs> you know, haircut now, he's a Christian. You know, but I know now, this is, this is my habit, and you're taking notes, and you take notes for anything today if you're a Christian in here. In the morning, as I'm walking to the gym, I spend my time with God, and I know what I have coming up in the day. Because like, um, this is where I'm going, this is where God is leading me, this is where the next part that God is, and I pray for that. God, this is what's happening today. Lord, I've got this meeting. Lord, I pray that you're in that meeting. God, I'm about to have this, this training session with this guy. Lord, I pray that conversations will come up, which will steer him one step closer to the Lord. Lord, I'm, I'm praying for my family, my kids, my daughter's sick. I'm just praying right now that, Lord, you are healer. Because I know what I need to pray for because I'm continually walking into the unknown where God is leading me. And they reply to Jesus, five loaves and two fish. <laughs> now, just, just focus for a minute. And, and, and when I was writing this, like, this may found, sound very silly to you, okay? But back in the time of Jesus, they knew a lot about nutrition, believe it or not. Okay, so when you read about Jesus and the fig tree, you know why they had fig trees on the side of the road? Because they knew when you had those simple sugars, those carbs, and you're walking down the street, figs would give you energy to continue walking. They, they knew about this sort of stuff. Okay, um, when, 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 when God fed the Israelites in the wilderness, okay, he, he gave them protein, He gave them manna in the morning and He gave them quail at night. Okay, so He gave them carbs in the morning. Okay, yeah, I told you it sounds silly, but this, you know, this is God. Come on, He, he, he created it. Um, Created carbs in the morning. Come on, because carbs give you energy to get through the day. And the quail, the chicken was the protein. Come on, what does protein do? It builds you. You only grow when you sleep. There's, come on, who knew you'd come and get a nutrition lesson at church on a Friday night? So carbs to get through the day, protein at night. This is not a joke. I'm, I'm, very, I'm telling you. So five loaves and two fishes. This is how my, my brain works when I'm reading this. Okay, what's going on nutritionally here? You know, how can I get a diet out of this? And... Um, 
Five, every time there's numbers in the Bible, very specific. It's not accident. It's not like, you know, when God was, Holy Spirit was, you know, uh, uh, um, inspiring the writers, like what number? Jesus, I don't know, just chuck one in there. Five. Um, you know, every time you see a number specific, five, it represents the number of God's grace. Okay, so you have five loaves. You have God's grace with the energy, the sustaining carbs, okay? The number of grace is, grace gives us energy to sustain us through the trials. So five fish, okay, the number of grace, hear me, I'm gonna get some, you're gonna, you're gonna, it's gonna blow your mind. <laughs> God's grace is on the energy source. I don't know about you, but when I'm facing a trial, come on, I need God's grace to sustain me. Come on, the carb source is the energy that sustains us on the journey. I need God's grace. When I'm walking out this journey for God, if I was doing it in my strength, I wanna tell you, I would keel over like I was on keto. <laughs> but I need that grace. Come on, I need that sustaining grace to get me through the day. This is where it gets good. So what's with the two fish? Okay, fish, we know, protein source. Two represents, wherever you see two in the Bible, it represents the number of union. Okay, it's the agreement of two people. Whether two, two agree on something, their God uh, makes valid in the heavens. Okay, two is the number of agreement. It's the, the number that represents union. Two are better than one. They have a greater return for their labour. So here we have the protein source that grows us. Come on, here's the, here's the building blocks of our life. It's two is in two, is in union with other people. I wanna tell you in this church, you will not grow. Come on, you will not grow if you try and do this journey by yourself. This is where I'm getting to. I realise I need God's grace to sustain me through the journey, but I also need other people that I'm walking with in order for me to grow on that journey for God. Very specific. Interesting side note. Do you know where, you know where you see the fish symbol where they see Christians? Does anyone ever know where that comes from? You just, you just got it on your car because it's cool. It's all right. <laughs> but that fish symbol is actually called an ichthus. Everyone say ichthus. No, don't. It's, it's called an ichthus. And what an ichthus was, it was, actually, uh, it was actually a symbol. It was the fish symbol. It was actually an ancient acronym of symbols and it meant Jesus Christ, God's Son and Saviour. When, whenever you saw this fish and what it was, is, it, it stemmed from this, this ancient joke in the early Christians. It's like, okay, we're born of the water. Okay, fish, born of the water. Yep, this, this marks a Christian. What they will usually do is that fish symbol would mark places that were safe for Christians to meet. So they would have this symbol of this fish, this ichthus, and they got it from this story about the five loaves and the two fishes and born of the waters, this whole sort of thing piecing together. And whenever you saw this fish, come on, because Christians are persecuted uh, and faced death to be a follower of Jesus that time. And you'd see this symbol, and you're like, okay, this is a safe place for Christians. In fact, if you walked up to somebody and you thought they were a Christian, but you weren't sure, what you'd do is you'd kneel down on the sand and you'd do the top half, you'd do the top half like this, just a semicircle. And if they dropped down to the sand and they did the other side and made it into a fish, you knew you were in good company. It was sort of like an ancient, like Morse code or secret handshake to know that, hey, this was, this was a safe place or this was a Christian that you were in good company. Nothing to do with my message, good side note, file it away. <laughs> so all this is happening, five loaves, two fishes. Mark 6, verse 39, it says this, then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups 
on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave him to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. Now I told you I'd get back to this sheep without a shepherd. And when I was reading this, God just really smacked me in the face because He says that He got them to sit down on the grass. And in fact, Mark is the only retelling of this story where He puts this line, He had compassion on them because they were sheep. They were like sheep without a shepherd. What was Mark referring to? Well, David wrote in Psalms 23, verse one to two, he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down on green pastures. There's this whole symbolism happening between the Old Testament, New Testament. Jesus is fulfilling Old Testament prophecy. He's saying there's a sheep without shepherd. Here, come lie down on green grass, green pastures. Come on, where you will lack nothing. Come on, I wanna tell you, this is good news. God has a heart for His children. Come on, He doesn't want us to lack. In fact, He wants us to lay down in green pastures. He wants us to lay down in fields of blessing. Come on, let's just stop there. Let's do the altar call. That sounds awesome. But He does this. He said He gave thanks to God and He broke the bread. Hey friend, I wanna tell you the power of being thankful for what God has done. Hey, sometimes we need to just stop and go, hey, look, I'm, I'm feeling tired and I'm feeling worn out and things are hard. God, I'm serving you. I'm not, I'm not making any mistakes, but God, it's, but Lord, I wanna thank you. You know, I learned this from Pastor Jared, but in our, in our team meetings in Melbourne, we always start our team meetings with good news. Why do we do that? Because it's easy to remember the bad news. But if you're going out your week and you're remembering the good news because you know you gotta come share it at a meeting, come on. You'll be surprised how many good things God is doing, but you miss them because you're focusing on the bad things. I'm nearly finished. But it says He gave it to His disciples to distribute. Come on, Jesus, You you could have just given it to everyone yourself. You're, You're the Son of God, but... And I didn't even say to Jesus, no, 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 you touch everybody, Jesus. Come on, the disciples, He gave it to the disciples and I can picture the disciples like, come on, come on, you gotta remember the story, they're tired. Man, I just wanna lay down too. (laughs) Come on, this green grass is awesome. This miracle, I just wanna lay down and enjoy this miracle too. See, the miracle came through Jesus, but it was distributed by the disciples. We share in the spoils of the miracle, but friend, I wanna tell you, sometimes it comes through our hands to others. (laughs) Jesus gave to the disciples to distribute to the people. Sometimes, come on, I do this. I pray, God, bless them. God, would you just bless them? But sometimes God puts the answer in my hands and says, hey, I'm waiting for you to distribute this blessing to them. It's about the distribution. Come on, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with sitting under the Word of God. Come on, that's what we're about. We love, we love the Word of God. We love hearing the Word of God. I love hearing, I love preaching the Word of God. But there's helping the words be distributed. 
It's about the transmission of the Word. Come on, transmission is the mission. Go into all the world and preach the Gospel to all creatures, Mark says. You have a kingdom position, but you also have a kingdom purpose. We sit under the Word of God, but God is saying, hey, you've got your kingdom position right now in the house of God, but you have a kingdom purpose outside these walls. I need you to be my hands and feet. Sometimes, you know, we're saying, Lord, we wait on you, but sometimes the Lord is waiting on us. (laughs) We're saying, hey, Lord, I wait on you, but Lord's saying, I wanna work on you. I wanna work through you. And sometimes we're working against the Lord. (laughs) Friends, submit your business plans to the Lord. Come on, submit your family. Come on, submit your relationships to the Lord. God, I give it to You. I give You thanks. But God, work through me. Come on, sometimes we need to get off. (laughs) Come on, we need to go from sitting or laying on the grass to getting off our... Let's just continue. Some of you will get it. Verse 42, And they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. And the number of men who had eaten was 5,000. Come on, they were all satisfied. Come on, it wasn't just the sheer size that was the miracle. Come on, I don't know if you saw this, they were satisfied. The fish of the day was the only thing on the menu and yet they were satisfied. I don't know if you ever picture this. Come on, they're breaking the fish with their hands. A lot of fish for 5,000 people and then they're using those soggy fish fingers and they're breaking the bread. Yeah, 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 yeah. And everyone's like, mmm, I'm satisfied. Doesn't make sense. Come on, sometimes the things of God doesn't make sense. But boy, does it satisfy. Come on, maybe you're here today and a friend or family member invited you and you're looking at me and you're looking at what happened at church. You're like, man, it's a bit weird. Come on, there's a bit of, you know, soggy bread there. Come on, this, this is a bit odd. This is a bit weird. This is a bit strange. Come on, my friend going to church. My, my loved one, my son going to church. Come on, my mom going to church. My friend going to church. It all seems a bit strange what they're telling me. But man, when I look at them, they look satisfied. Come on, when I look at them, their marriage seems to be satisfied. They weren't satisfied before. I don't understand it, but they're satisfied. Friend, that's the power of God. Doesn't make sense, but it satisfies. I'm going to finish and I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. But you know what I love about this story? Because it sounds like a, you know, it sounds like a great miracle. Yeah, awesome. Come on, 12 basketfuls, everything is happening. But you know, there's a deeper message that's happening here. There's something more going on. There's something so beautiful. There's, there's, there's a biblical truth. Come on, the gospel is just oozing through this story, and sometimes it's hard to see it. Friend, Jesus says this very interesting thing in John 6, verse 35. He says this. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry again. And then when Jesus is is doing the last supper with His disciples in Luke 22, verse 19, He says He took the bread, come on, there's symbolism here, and it says that He broke it and gave thanks. 
And He gave it to them saying, this is my body given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. See this physical bread. Come on, that was broken with thanks to God was enough to satisfy the stomachs of 5,000. But there was a bigger bread that's body would be broken upon the cross. Come on, and in thanks to God would be enough to satisfy an empty soul. Friend, this is what this story is about. I wanna tell you, come on, Jesus went to the cross Come on, He was the bread that was broken. Come on, He was the sacrifice to God. That friend would satisfy our hunger in here. Not our stomachs, but a hunger deep inside that no matter what you try and fill it with, come on, no matter what drug you try and fill it with, no matter what alcohol you try and fill it with, come on, no matter what relationship you try and fill it with, no matter what new toy or hobby you try and fill it with, there's no bread, but come on, the bread of Jesus Christ that was broken, that would satisfy. So listen, I'm out of time, but this is what I'm gonna do. I'm going to give you an opportunity to leave this place satisfied in a way that you have never been satisfied before. And how do I know? Because as a 21-year-old sitting up in the back corner, I did the exact same thing I'm going to give you the opportunity to do in just a moment. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and to close your eyes. The reason why I'm asking you to do this because what I'm about to ask you, what I'm about to, to get you to step out in, is not about the person on the left or the right or behind you or in front of you. This is a moment, a sacred moment between you and God. And what I'm gonna do in just a moment is I'm gonna count to three. And if you're in this place, younger person, older person, wherever you're from, no matter how you found yourself here tonight, if you're here and you're saying, you know what, I don't fully understand everything that's being said, but there's something that's resonating on the inside. I know as a 21 year old, I said it like this, it's like something so true that I can't explain it, but something of truth was, was, was permeating in my ears for the first time. Friend, I wanna tell you that's Jesus. And He's here for you. Not to join a religion, not to join a club, not even to join this church, but to start a relationship with Him. Your Father in Heaven, friend, if you don't hear anything else, a Father in Heaven who loves you. You are valuable. And when I get to three, if that's you, you're saying, I don't wanna miss that. I want you to right where you're standing is to slip your hand up and put it down. I will see it and more importantly, God will see it and I'll include you in a simple prayer to get to know Jesus Christ. But friend, maybe you're here and something that's happened tonight, maybe even before the service started, maybe someone, something someone said to you, maybe there's a smile at the front door, but you're here and you're saying, you know what, I'm away from God. But I don't wanna be away anymore. Friend, if that's you, when I get to three, I want you to raise your hand and I will consider it a privilege before I fly back to Melbourne to include you in that prayer as well to get your life back on track with Jesus Christ. So for the first time, or you're coming back to God, if that's you, when I get to three, you raise your hand all across this room. We're gonna see many people respond to God. Here we go. One, two, three. Hands gone up already. Fantastic. 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Who else? Come on. Don't miss this moment. Friend, no looking around. It's between you and God. Young man in the middle. Who else? On the side, young lady, I see you. Nice and high. I don't want to miss you. Awesome. Fantastic at the front. Fantastic. Guys on the back. Who else? Come on. I feel I'm on assignment here. Come on. God has sent me here. I've left my family. Come on. I've left what God has called me to do because He has called me here. And I believe He's called me here for someone. Friend, if that is you right now, this is your last moment. Scanning across this room. Many hands already. Join these people. So good. So good. Fantastic. You can put your hands down. Church, come on. Can we celebrate like they're celebrating in heaven for all these people that have raised their hands? So good. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. Talking about this food, I'm hungry. And uh, I'd love to meet all of you individually, but you're all over this place and this is a big room. So what I'm going to ask you to do and I'm just going to take some courage, but this band's going to start playing in just a moment. And if you raise your hand, what I want you to do is I want you to, as soon as that music starts playing, I want you to step out of your seat and I want you to come feel down the front. Come on, I know, what, 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 what's going on? I want you to feel down this front because I want to shake your hand. I want to congratulate you, but I also want to pray with you. But listen, you don't have to come alone. Why don't you lean over the person next to you and say, hey, would you come with me? And I'll tell you, if they're a part of this church, they would love to come you. This is what come with you. This is what we celebrate for. And maybe you didn't raise your hand. You're like, man, I missed it. Friend, you haven't missed it. As soon as this music starts playing, you step out as well. We're gonna see a whole bunch of people come. Church, we're gonna applaud them as they come. We're gonna pray. We're gonna see Jesus do a mighty miracle here tonight. Come on, so soon. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.